Alley here. I finally got the thingy to work over there with the computer thing, and I'm officially not here tonight. And uh, I told the boys to take the night off uh, because uh, I got the, uh, I guess you could call that booster shot the other day, and I didn't know how it'd react. And uh, so far, everything went well. Uh, my grandmother, unfortunately, uh, didn't feel very well, but uh, I hope she's feeling better tonight. And um, so, welcome here to Meet and Radio, uh, Racers Alley, and uh, Alex, Yari Yar, I'm here, and uh, right now, uh, I'm just uh, going to have a short show, and uh, just go over a couple of schedules here, and uh, right now, uh, currently, uh, Pam Tastic, our captain here at Meet and Radio, she's, uh, she does a couple of shows, she produces at least, uh, boy, at least uh, uh, six shows, and um, tonight she's over at Emperor Norton's, over at Turk and Larkin. It's at 7 p.m. Uh, it's always cool. Uh, she does it uh, every second and fourth Thursday. 
and uh you know it's a it's a fun time emperor norton's is a very cool place i know the bartenders there over the years and uh they got a couple floors and a you know a backyard uh you know a nice little area they just got a new cool neon sign actually uh uh put up there kevin i saw the other day and uh boy you know they have a big old shuffleboard table you know something to play with and uh i believe uh boy you know um it's a nice place to go so anyhow, Edinburgh Norton's, uh, go over there and Turk and Larkin at 7 p.m. It's upstairs. Uh, I believe it's where the comedy show. I actually have to pay. I actually have to go there. Fortunately, my show's on at the time. But uh, anyhow, uh, yar yar, uh, welcome Pam. Uh, always a pleasure, you know, to promote all your shows. We'll go over those uh, tonight, actually. And uh, every week you have at least four shows uh, throughout the city, which is really, really cool because uh, it makes the community laugh. It also gives a lot of opportunity to, you know, uh, the city used to be a very artistic city and uh, a lot of creativity, whether it be uh, metalwork, artwork, uh, all tapestries, uh, anything across the board. And, you know, a lot of the life of the city has gone over time, especially in, you know, uh, artistic qualities. I used to go to a lot of parties here and, used to see a lot of really really cool stuff and uh boy i guess that the you know when when uh, everything got expensive i guess uh you know folks had to leave and that, that's kind of sad because it loses the kind of part of the soul of a city you know when you leave lose a lot of the artistic qualities so to speak but uh pam here she runs mutiny radio she's done it for many many years and i love her to death uh she's a captain my captain of our, our ship here and uh i run racers alley uh thank you for listening racers but uh tonight i i, I don't think i really put my show out officially um just because uh i didn't know i was going to be here so it's always good to practice and uh pam you know have a great show tonight at emperor norton's at turk and larkin at 7 p.m you know uh well, you have it uh, every every couple of weeks, but uh, it's a great time to go out. And Ember and Orange is actually a cool place because it's one of those places where you really want to dress up if you're going for a date. That's a nice date place to take someone, you know. I mentioned the corners where you can make out. But, um, yeah, it's it's a classy joint, and, um, you know, there's areas around where you can get food. But uh, if you have a... If, you know, if you're getting in a taxi and stop, stopping somewhere cool, Emperor Norton's is a good place to either start off or end a date, you know, uh, when you're around the city. Uh, yeah, that's how classy I think it is. So, yar. Uh, anyhow, uh, I'm going to put on some more Peter Gabriel. Like I said, I'm not really supposed to be here. And uh, I'm going to say a couple of short things regarding the, uh, uh, boy, latest California Road Race Association schedule. Uh, they just came out, and also the uh, AFM, American Federation of Motorcycle Schedule. So I'll be reading both those off. Like I said, I'm probably going to have a very short show and not say too much. Uh, I'll have some Peter Gabriel on and enjoy uh, being here listening to uh, Racer's Alley here at Mutiny Radio. So yar yar. <laughs>
Yeah, I love Peter Gabriel. Anyways, um, boy oh boy, you know, it's been a tough few weeks, I gotta say. Uh, our dear friend Damon in the mission passed away, and uh, just recently another friend of our, uh, another dear friend of mine, Lisa, has been really, really sick, and uh, Ray Roy, a uh, dear uh, pal of ours, uh, you know, just passed away as well, and uh, he's a Sunday morning ride legend. He's actually a legend here in San Francisco and through California, so, uh, well, our, our area, and uh, when Wade's here, you know, maybe he'll say some words uh, next week, uh, but it was very, very sad uh, to hear, and um, boy, oh boy, a bunch of our friends been going, and um, uh, yeah, so that's all I got to say about that, and um, Godspeed, and always hug the person next to you, and, um, you know, be grateful for what you have, and uh, not so cranky like I always am, Jesus, you are. So, uh, that being said, uh, Pamtastic is uh, having a great time uh, out there tonight over at uh, Emperor Norton's, and, uh, you know, she runs a bunch of other stuff as well, uh, she runs a joke workshop here on uh 21st in Florida on Mondays. Uh, if you want to learn to be a comedian, be here on Mondays. You are. Um, Pam is uh, one of the most excitable and uh, one of the most uh, gifted people, and she really just wants to see you, um, you know, be successful, be happy with what you're doing. So she has that energy. So if you're shy and stuff and want to be a comedian, come here you know she'll turn that around and uh, she'll turn that into your most powerful thing and have some wonderful jokes so that being said you know uh monday uh pam has here at mutiny radio over here on 21st in florida our ship here uh joke workshop at 6 p.m and uh you know always contribute here to the shop i mean we could really really use it i think we have a demo or something thingy, uh, thing i'll figure out later how to uh actually you know uh, give us some cash if you can anyhow uh also on wednesdays uh pam has a wonderful show here at asiento i think that was one of the first shows she had here when the covid was going down it was uh you know i mean everything was shut down everything was shut down but she was here anyhow uh, running the ship we all had to actually abandon for a while and uh, i love her for keeping our slots because uh, she kept our slot here and you know between uh you know thursdays and uh yeah you know um it's very, very hard to keep a ship going when everyone has to go due to, uh, you know, uh, having a plague, so to speak. Uh, she ended up having her shows out front, in front of the door. She put a chair out there, put her stand out there, had her mask, and had her show anyway. And uh, folks around here started just gathering. You know, people needed to laugh. So on a Thursday, you know, folks walking their kids with their masks and stuff when they can go. And it was nice. So, you know, Pam started having a show out here on a, on a, on a you know, in front of the Meetney Radio. So uh, that being said, uh, next thing, she went to Asiento over here on uh, 21st and Bryant. And uh, they're a really nice uh, place to go and eat and have a nice time and enjoy your libations. And uh, they end up uh, uh, having a nice building a nice patio outdoor you know when all this stuff started so it's a nice outdoor area you can have some dining some great food libations and at 7 30 asiento every wednesday you can listen to pam and her crew uh make everyone laugh over at 21st and Bryant. so you are thank you pam for always you know uh thinking about people and making them laugh and trying to make a, you know in general you know uh artists better and that, that that's a huge deal so, uh, that being said, I'm going to have a short night, so I'm just interjecting here and there between the albums, because I really don't have much to say, um, so enjoy more Peter Gabriel. <laughs> wah, wah, wah.
RER. Welcome back to Racers Alley here in the uh, heart of the mission and uh, Mutiny Radio and uh, YARYAR. So anyhow, uh, I was mentioning earlier, Pamtastic has her show over there tonight at Edward Norton's at 7 p.m. at uh, Turk and Larkin. And uh, it's a great place to go, a nice place to go for a date. And uh, also uh, have some games to play. It has a nice backyard and a couple of little areas where you can make out. So yeah, and uh, the bartenders are great. I've known them all for years, and the owners are great and a uh, wonderful place to be. As I said, it's a it's a classy joint. So you are. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, I'm gonna have a very short show tonight uh, here at uh, Yo Racers Alley at Meetney Radio. So uh, I just got the AFM and the uh, California Road Race Association schedule, and uh, the AFM uh, American Federation of Motorcyclists for two, 2022. Um, I have their schedule, and I have the CRA schedule. And here's what I have to say about this. Um, uh, Dustin called in the other day. He can't call in tonight. He's got other stuff going on, uh, as I can imagine. And, um, well, uh, I'm looking at both schedules. You can do them both. And uh, what's really, really awesome is the California Road Race Association schedule uh, has some, you know, really nice areas to go, like Laguna Seca and Willow Springs. Uh, this year, uh, it seems that AFM is really going to be doing more Button Willow and Thunder Hill I guess somewhere along the line, uh, Sears Point pissed someone off somewhere along the line, which really sucks because uh, Sears Point's our track. Uh, we are, we are. Uh, and both, interestingly enough, uh, the uh, American Federation of Motorcyclists as well as uh, California Road Race Association are both having races at Laguna Seca. And um, for road racers, that's a dream come true. And I have never seen a year where you can have two. So here we are. Uh, so I'll be bringing that up shortly. Uh, I'm going to put on some more music, take up some more airtime, but I will have both the uh, schedules on shortly. Yar, yar. <laughs>
yeah when i was a kid i always loved uh live music uh yeah man um boy oh boy uh i guess i have to say give me a second here i'm gonna put some music on and figure out who's calling here <laughs> cheers They got this chronic crank caller here at Muni Radio, so every now and then I get her in calling, and uh, it's like, is this Mr. Grenego? Yeah. Anyhow, uh, welcome back to Muni Radio. Welcome back to Racer's Alley here in the heart of the mission. I actually have a, my alone show tonight. I don't mind being alone every now and then here at the station, because I can try and concentrate and get my show together a, a little bit you know, better. So, that being said, uh, welcome back, and... Uh, I was mentioning earlier the AFM uh, 2022 schedule and the California Roadways Association, which is in its infancy, uh, schedule is out as well. And uh, as, as I'm looking at as as I'm looking at it as a racer, I can actually run both schedules, and this would be a bitchin' way, you know, uh, to run a race schedule uh, here and down south. Uh, back in the old days, I did WSMC as well as AFM, and this is kind of similar. You know, and uh, interestingly enough, uh, both these schedules did not run into each other. Wow. So uh, what I'm going to go through first is the AFM schedule. Uh, 2022 in Button Willow, they're going to be there on March 19th and 20th. Uh, that'll be their first round. The second round will be at Button Willow uh, in April on the uh, 23rd and 24th. So uh, that'll be a Button Willow to start with uh, for the AFM 2022 round. Um that being said, um, Thunder Hill will be their next uh, set of uh, races. So AFM in total is going to have seven races in 2022. So in uh, Thunder Hill for their third race, they're going to have it on May 21st and 22nd. Their fourth race, they're going to have it on June 11th and 12th. Their fifth race is going to be on August 6th and 7th. And their uh, sixth race will... Sixth <laughs> race will be on September 17th and 18th. So uh, basically, uh, AFM is going to have their first two rounds at Button Willow, their next four rounds at Thunder Hill, and then their last round, which is, boy, oh, boy, a uh, really, really great surprise, is going to be Laguna Seca on October 8th and 9th. My birthday is the 5th, so boy, oh, boy. <laughs> what, a, what a better present than that, right? <laughs> so anyhow, AFM 20, 2022 schedule, it's out there now, and I just mentioned it uh, for a second here. I'll be running it over for all my shows from here on in. Um, now, uh, Dustin was here for the California Road Race Association, uh, you know, on our show uh, well, a, couple of, a couple of shows ago. And uh, anyhow, uh, there's a lot to be said about the California Road Race Association. You know, they're starting out. They're, they're a great group. And, uh, you know, here's how he puts it. Come race with the California Road Race Association. The new club race org based in Southern California is the club. Uh, riders truly have a say in how they, uh, the club is run. Uh, you know, I'm having a problem because I don't have my reading glasses on. So here we go. Let's start over again. So Dustin says this about the California Road Race Association. Come, ra come race with the uh, California Road Race Association, the new club race org based in Southern California. In this club, the riders truly have a say in how the club is run. 
No click BS. Uh, no making mark rules as they go. Race director is fair. Plus, you get qualifying for grid positions instead of by points. That's really, really important to me. I mean, you can always have good times, bad times. But, I mean, if you're gridded by qualifying by times, that, that makes a huge difference, actually. I, I think that's really neat. Uh, so they have longer uh, lap sprints and even longer GT racers, uh, uh, GT races. So they, they have a great program out there. It's not the usual programs, which you would expect. And it has more, more, uh, lap time as well. And I think when he was on our show, there was mention of maybe having a sponsorship for the 400 folks. Uh, that being said, he says the tension in the pits formula 40 class just got a little more interesting with new class sponsor. Uh, we want payouts, 300, 150, 75 for top three in class. The club plans to alternate between heavyweight and middleweight classes. Uh, blood, sweat, and tears, Northwest Vodka, Eugene, Oregon. Ooh, okay, so I'll definitely have to ask Dustin about that. Yar, yar. So if they're putting booze in the payout, yar, yar. Uh, boy, this is going to be a shootout. Yar. <laughs> so, RER, California Road Race Association, you know, you're doing a great job. And on uh, my next break, I will actually pull out your schedule for the year, and I'll probably be done with my show shortly thereafter. And thank you, Dustin, for having this great California Road Race Association. I mean, the uh, schedule's great, and uh, it's diversive, and has, uh, you know, my favorite tracks. So, yeah. So, let's listen to, I guess, uh, more Peter Gabriel, because that's what I brought in. And uh, I'll take a little break for here. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Mutiny Radio and uh, Racers Alley and Mutiny Radio.
This next one concerns the ritual of the wedding, the ring and the finger. This is called the family and the fishing net. gonna like get in the middle of that song and uh peter gabriel uh, plays live with the uh, albums tonight because that's what i found uh, anyhow uh, <laughs> uh california road race association boy oh boy dustin's doing a great job uh, i would really like to meet him shake his hand and uh, be out there in the field with him uh so anyways that being said uh they're having a great uh, four series round so far uh, they've been doing a lot of work on the track, which I'd like him to uh, c- come on the show and uh, talk about. Uh, he mentioned that last time as well. So, uh, anyways, uh, Dustin's doing a great job. Uh, California Road Race Association, uh, CRA. And uh, they're going to be out here on February 12th and 13th at Buttonwillow. Now, I believe on the uh, 10th and 11th, they do have some classes going on. I'm trying like hell to get out there, but two of my rooms just have ended up being available for rent. So, I'm kind of screwed. But uh, that being said, uh, I'm trying. So on the 10th and 11th, they're going to have some, uh, you know, uh, track days open. And I believe some are being closed already. They only have fast boys for one day and, uh, you know, regular for the other. So uh, get in there on February uh, 10th, 11th. Check them out. Uh, California Road Race Association. Uh, the first race is going to be February 12th and 13th over at Button Willow. But they are going to have, uh, you know, track day openings and new rider schools on the 10th and 11th. So uh, be very, uh, check that out. That's very, very important. Yeah. Uh, and I believe I was looking into it. Uh, just get a hold of them online. 
to uh, sign up and get all your uh, licensing and such together. Uh, if you've had an AFM license, I don't know if that's going to be easy or not. Either way, get your license. Support your license. If you're going to be a CR California Road Race Association uh, racer, get your license. You know, if you're an AFM racer, get your license. Now you have two race licenses. But uh, support everyone, you know, especially if you're a racer. Geez, you know, them turn workers out there are doing such hard jobs. And, uh, you know, everyone's out there to make everyone... Um, I guess succeed is the easiest way to work and uh, name it. Uh, so anyhow, yeah. So California Road Race Association, uh, February 12th and 15th up at uh, Button Willow. Uh, they're also going to be on uh, June 25th and 26th at Laguna Seca, which is going to be super, 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 like, this is why you want to be there. Man, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the, the, all these dates do not interfere with the AFM dates. Uh you would be a fool not to run both classes, uh, both races and classes, unless, um, like me, you have a money tree, so you can have to spend two thousand dollars a month. But uh, that being said, uh, Laguna Seca is going to be 20, June twenty first, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth. Uh, on July, they're going to be at Willow Springs, one of my favorite favorite uh, courses out there in the world, and. Um, yeah, that's that's really awesome. They're out there, and uh, again, August they'll be there at uh, Button Willow. So uh, they all coincide with uh, you know uh, racing all the tracks in California. Really, uh, same with the AFM. So I mean, if you can do AFM and uh, CRA, boy, <laughs> yar yar. I'm gonna try like hell, you know, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, anyways, I think it'll be done, and uh, I'll put on some <laughs> Peter Gabriel of some sort, and uh, I'll leave so that way we can put something else on. Cheers, fellas. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Racers Alley here at Beatty Radio.
This is uh, a number we haven't done for a little while. Well, Racer's Alley is leaving the building. It was just a short show tonight, and uh, we had Peter Gabriel, uh, uh, Peter Gabriel live on uh, for the uh, 64 minutes or 75 minutes or 20 minutes. Anyhow, uh, thank you for listening to Racer's Alley here at Meany Radio. Uh, we'll be out for the rest of the evening, and uh, I don't know about next week. We'll see what happens, and um, we'll figure out if I can get this uh, music on over here. Yar yar. So you got the submix now for uh I guess Beanie Radio. So uh enjoy your evening. Pause immediately, move that timer to zero zero zero. We're very excited. Yeah. We have a, a comedian from New Jersey, very celebrity. funny celebrity. I was gonna say celebrity. I know this guy's a, uh, or woman is a celebrity. Whoever right. this person is, who I am not aware of, one of my favorite <coughs> comedians. Carl, take it away. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with our comedian, No Filter Paul. Hey, what's going on, Carl? Nice to hear you. How's everyone doing? Everybody's doing fine over here. I hope you're surviving this COVID world. I'm loving not going to my office more than once a week. It's amazing. That's terrific. Now your name, No Filter Paul, No Filter, which is true, I find that to be true about you on stage, but right. it's like, how did you arrive at that name? Well, so the, the first time that I did Opie and Anthony with Jim Norton, he gave me that name. The second, second time I went on after the first appearance, he started calling it that to me, and that was it. So, so what, you were just making statements and he's going, this guy's got no filter. Well, we, we, uh, the first time I was on ONA, I had a big interview. It was me and my wife and all the guys, and we talked about some stories of, like, you know, growing up and, like, adult you know, sex stories and fun things that happened in England and all this. And he immediately figured out, I guess I have no filter. So on the second time I was on the show, he just started calling me no filter for. That's perfect. And why would I get rid of it? People say to me, <laughs> why, why do you use that name for the comedy? I'm like, because... I got named it on a, a national radio show. Why would I get rid of it? Now, that went on to be a lengthy engagement with Opie and Anthony. And uh, how how long were you a part of that? How deeply involved? I think you did some merchandising. Tell us about... Well, that's how I started talking to Jimmy, because I was actually working for him. I built his website, and I, uh, I made his T-shirts and stuff, and that's kind of how I got to know him. And then he brought me to the O&A show because he said, you know, this guy's got a character that would be fun on the show. You know, and the next thing you know, I'm out, they're sending me out to do stupid crap with signs behind news reporters and taking laxative in weird places. And I mean, it, you know, you can just imagine. <laughs> Don't go to YouTube and type no filter for whatever you do, especially if you're at work like Carlos. <laughs> so you absolutely grew that into a gig. And that's oh, impressive. Yeah. Yeah. He told me, he, Norton told me I should do stand-up, you know, 15 years ago, because he said, you know how to write comedy, you know. You might be really annoying, but you know how to write comedy. And I just <laughs> never had the pause. And then, like, three years ago, actually, I, I, I talked to my buddy Dave Hodge there, and uh, he sa I said to him, I, I really should try stand-up. And this was, like, Monday, and on, he said, on Saturday, you're doing, uh, you're doing three minutes at a, at a comedy show. Very nice. I wasn't even on open mic. My first time on stage was at a real comedy show in uh, Bayonne. You hit the ground running. Oh, oh yeah, dude. I, I I did 400 and something odd mics 
in that first year. Yeah, Some crazy, know. crazy number. It was like it's like seven hundred for two and a half years. So speaking of annoying, you've got this accent. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just wondering this accent. Like you're the ones with it. You're the one who has all experiences with it when you're on stage. So I'm wondering, with an audience, like, do you feel the accent helps you? It hurts you? What's your opinion? Um, I don't know. You you do get people sometimes don't understand if I talk too quick, especially if I've been to England or talked to English people recently. I mm. get much faster than this. I do find I have a bit of leeway with certain words that in America would be harder for some people to say. You know what I mean? Gotcha. People say the way I say certain words. I don't know what the rating of this podcast is, so I'm not going to say it. But you, you, you know, the words you can say, you take it like you know, it's tongue in cheek. You know. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah like, uh, and also sometimes you say a word that's a slang in English, like we say yeah. fire department, right? That was the famous one. Oh, fire brigade was the famous one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few like that. that. There's a few. Good. And, and you know, this, what's funny is, you know, 30 people didn't even notice except some idiot that we all know in the back of the room. Yeah, named Carl. Uh, Actually, it was John Hollywood. Oh, a fire brigade. I remember yes, yeah, you heard, yes. And then, and then you piled on like normal. So, <laughs> either you at first, then him, or him, then you. It doesn't matter, you know. I'm always piling on. But I enjoy it. You know, I honestly, I, I have more fun coming to do that than I do a lot of stuff, you know. But I don't really do your accent, do I? I just do. No, you do. You do uh, very, a lot of people, when they do accents that don't know how to do impressions, I'm not saying I'm not putting you down, but mm-hmm. they don't know how to do impressions, they over-exaggerate the <laughs> accent. You, you, you've got like a over-twist <laughs> exaggerated kind of thing that you do, or like lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Right. Or, you know, but uh, and it always makes me laugh because it's like a lot of people, you know, haven't traveled the world. I mean, you can see more of it now because of YouTube and stuff. A lot of people that haven't traveled the world, they don't know it's like America. There's 50 different accents. The more north you get in England, I have trouble understanding those people. So you yeah. guys haven't got a hell chance, you know? Yeah. England really has a wide, wide range. Yeah. Um... Okay, so everyone at home is getting ready to watch this movie. We're all going to press play at the exact same time, so why don't you count us off? All right, here we go. Debbie does Dallas. You ready, guys? Ready? Five, four, three, two, one, go. Very excited to watch this. Now, this looks like a serious movie. It can be at times. Sometimes it's pretty funny. Isn't it the Muppet Show logo? Do you remember the old Muppet Show? Or just yeah. the ITC? It's the year. It's the, oh, that thing. Yeah, that is the ITC. It's a British company, and it funded this. And they used to do Space 1999 and Muppet yeah. Show. And you would see their logo. It would be very yeah, familiar right. on TV. Wow. This is cool, man. I like the font. Yellow 92, the little smiley face. First time I ever thought that I saw this film, I thought they were in Cuba. Because he drives his bike to this place that's Cuban, you'll see. There's wow. Michael Kidder and Peter Fonda. Yeah, and, and British man, you got to be Kidder. Or, there he is. Coming right up, you'll see. No, we saw a movie with Warren Oates and Harry Dean Stanton. Right, we did. Cockfight. Cockfight. Look, Cockfight. see how it's the Sociedad de Cuba, or yeah. So you said this must be Cuba. Right. Look at the architecture. It's kind of, you know, 40s, 30s, well, 
now they the places that closed uh, Starbucks or they yeah, the service right. rooms were. It now yeah they emptied that out and it's a Planet Fitness. <laughs> you hear yeah. this kind of hickey music? That's what we'll hear throughout this lazy, lazy hickey music. I don't mind it. Music. I don't know why I have the volume on, but it's uh, all right. But thank you. This music reminds me to mute my sound. <laughs> you see that? Look at that Volkswagen bug. Yeah. This kind of looks like Los Angeles, maybe. No. This no? is Key West, Florida. Key West, Florida. Oh, no, Carl. I uh, I'm a bad movie girl, Carl, about Florida movies. Yeah. Yeah, I'm obsessed by exterior shots because this Florida is windy and you can't control the wind. Right. You can tell how professional a shot is by whether or not the trees in the background are whipping up a storm and the hair is moving around. You yeah. Know, antithetical to what's actually going on. Well, you will see calm weather throughout this whole. There are many exterior shots, but you'll see. Yeah, I mean, so far so good. So you see how the trees are blowing? That's nothing yeah. before the wind, right? There's nothing right, exactly. But I always take like uh, one of my favorite Florida movies is Jerry Lewis and Hardly Working, and just see everything whipping around while he's talking. <laughs> that's available on YouTube, by the way. Uh huh. That that's an idea. Now uh, this guy is his name is John Quaid, and you've seen his face before, but my my research has failed me. Wait, 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 wait. John Quaid, get your ass to Mars. Right, exactly. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> Ooh, look, clickbait. Oh, bait story. Oh, there's Harry Dean. That's right. Harry Dean Stanton has showed up. Now, Peter Fonda's character is someone who's like, um, uh, his name's Tom Skelton, and he was, I don't know, he lived somewhere else. He's moving home to the Keys. And that's why he like knows the locals and they're like, we, we didn't think we'd see you. So he's basically seeing a friend. It's a guy, Harry Dean Stanton goes out and charters fishing trips, okay? And people pay him a bunch of money to go and get the best fishes and a trophy fish. Wait, 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 wait. I know, so is the movie that like a rich couple hires him and then she kills, seduces hit, uh, him and then they kill the, the husband and then the that's cops. That's a come. great idea. If this was Jeff Bridges and- Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, let's watch that, <laughs> let's watch that one. It's much better. Well, you know, that's that's the, a good setup, and we've seen that plot before, be it Basic Instinct or... Yeah, a lady from Shanghai, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My husband can't... Film noir, my husband can't know. I'm committing a murder for pussy. Okay. I was in love. <laughs> the, the voiceover. Yay, oh. say that the best way to a murder. He was on the Florida Keys in a boat when Peter Fonda began his slow descent into murder. <laughs> you do sound like Orson Welles from uh... Murder for a Woman's Affection. Now, Harry Dean Sands looks younger and shorter in this movie. Yeah, well, this is 1975, and Harry Dean Stanton aged well, but okay, you saw him in Cockfighter, and yes. here he is again. It's our hero, our reason for this movie. Do you think there's a war of notes? Look how young he looks. Yeah. That's not a compliment. He doesn't and look he's good old at all. looking. 
Now, look, the people at home would probably know him from Stripes. He was the sergeant in Stripes. At least that's how I know him. But he's like a wonderful actor. He did a <clears throat> two-lane blacktop with Peter Fonda and uh, Warren Oates. It's this mm-hmm. great kind of minimalist, uh, I guess minimalist, but it's a, it's a racing movie. You know, and it's good. Yeah, it's really good, actually. I mean, it's it's bad. It doesn't end right, you know. But I'm saying, yeah. you're watching a piece of history, pretty good. And um, he was also in uh, The Wild Bunch with Peter Fonda. Yeah, that's right. He's, well, he was also in, uh, gosh, we're naming all these movies. Uh, Bring Me the Head of, uh, God, what is it? Right. It's the same I director as Anne Peckinpah. Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia or something like that. And he's just great in it. Now, what we're watching is his annual suicide run. About once a year, he just hates life, and he decides he's going to kill himself, and it's always around the same time. So Harry Dean Stanton knew that and basically went to save him, you know? And it's like, we don't think he was really going to kill himself, but I don't know. He's serious about it. Mo does that every Christmas on The Simpsons, right? He's like, oh. (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah, they was this to... guy who my research has failed us. Um, it's Quaid. He's like teasing Harry Dan Stanton like he wasn't gonna really kill himself, kind of thing. And not, I'm sorry, um, uh, Warren Oates. Look, I'm just gonna call him Nickel. His name is Nickel, and his last name is Dance. So look, Dance. He's chasing him with the hook where you hook a fish. It'll really kill a man. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's like an Armageddon where uh, Bruce Willis chases Ben Affleck around with a shotgun. Now, look, he cuts him. He did it. Look. Look, there's blood. Where's and he's asshole? like, I could pull this right through you. You know, like. Picture of you gutted is a $1.50. <laughs> that's right. Hang him up on that hook. With, stand <laughs> on the dock with the weight scale. Now he's like bemoaning. He's like, why'd I do that? Now I got to go to jail. God damn it. Why'd I do that? Now (laughs) this movie begins with him fucking assaulting a man. So Peter Fonda offers, why don't you loan me your skiff, your boat, and I'll take your clients out while you're in jail. That way you don't lose them. And we find out Peter's interested in being in their profession, going chartering boats. That sounds like fun. Does this look like fun? I, it looks like it, it does not look like fun. <laughs> You'll see. You get an office with a window view. Listen, oh, I this? Have, this? I, if I had a window in my office, I would fucking <laughs> lazy cheerleader. Oops, now this is weird. Runs. He used to have a career like being the head of a marching band. I don't know how you have a career at that. Oh, Maybe it was just her yeah, glory yeah. days in high school. I don't know. But she's all into it. And John Philip Sousa is playing right now. Look how uh, the old the chocolate. Do you, you see, for taxes, you piss down occupation cheerleader? <laughs> She's housewife right now, and she she doesn't hate it. She doesn't hate it, but but there's no so real opportunity is... to lead our marching band. So we see that right now she's a bit of a pretender. She hid the chocolates, which costs money. She's pretending that she's in there ironing his shirt, but she was right. really doing her dance routines. All wearing sexy lingerie. Right. For sexy first time. Oh, while leaving the iron on. Huh. Right. And she goes, I burnt it. I burnt it. Shucks. 
But wait a minute, she was she had the iron on in the other room. Listen, I, I, I don't like, know. I don't see how that could have worked because it was standing up when she came in. Yeah. Harry Dean Stanton is late for the safari, apparently. No, she's Jeannie in this movie, and she's married uh, to Harry Dean Stanton. Safari. But, um, he, in truth, was like having a big affair with the with the director of this film. The director of this film also wrote a book of this same title, and this is basically his film come to his book come to movies. And he got to do it, so it's perfect for you know. Yeah. It, and it, so far, he's a competent director. I mean, this is a really intriguing shot. It's his I mean, only directing credit. It, it, oh. This was his one chance, and he kind of blew it. Believe it or not. And this is great. Look, he's got natural lighting with the two lamps in the middle. Of the room. Yeah. He is a <laughs> um, he's a writer. He's had a lot of success. He has like eight writing credits. He did novels. He did journals about his time in wildlife in Montana. He's uh, he's for real, but he's a, a jerk kind of guy right now. It's it's like the 60s are over. He's having a three-way sexual utopian affair with his wife and the woman we're seeing on television right now, Elizabeth Ashley. They're like a threesome. <laughs> that's so nuts. But then Margot Kidder will come along yeah. and seduce... Well, I don't know if that's the word. She will definitely fall in love with the director, and the director will divorce what? his wife and marry what? Margot Kidder. Yeah. Wait, this sounds more interesting than whatever movie. Yeah, it's made. a better movie. It's a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> like Margot Kidder. No, did she commit suicide, Carl? Am I going to? Yeah, she did. She did. But she yeah. did it in a way like she just made sure she overdosed on pills and alcohol so that she could just. Fade away. It's no, a so healthy way to go. And she's the grandchild of Ernest Hemingway or something like that, right? I don't think so. Um, she's doing carpet samples. Pick fuchsia or, or eggshell. Oh, basically, this is all about she's spending money and he doesn't have money. She's just now told Harry Dean Stanton that she is pregnant. And she did oh. it in a, the director did it in a great way. He really did. We miss it because we don't play the audio. We don't play the audio. So the baby never materializes in, any, into anything in the plot. What I don't approve of in this movie is we're going to see some subplots, but they don't pertain to the hero's main journey, which is. Uh, should I tell you now and ruin it? Can I guess? Yeah. Before you ruin it? Yeah. Look at all that fish. First off, that is some serious That's his job. That's his job. Yeah, but can you imagine if you had them all on and they're all singing? It would drive you crazy. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> it's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. You press <laughs> them all at once. You have to time it exactly right. Now, he's going to take over Wernos. Wernos is not going to go to jail or he's going to escape. And they're going to be on a boat. And then shit's going to happen on a boat. Correct. That's exactly right. They're going after a killer way, a uh, killer shark, actually. Okay. Oh, a killer shark. So he, this guy has no direction, Peter Fonda. He's back home from wherever he was. And he's like, I'm going to be a skip boat captain, you know, charter fish, just like Dance and uh, Carter, you know, our, our heroes, because it's all I know how to do. I can do it. That's why, it's, because it's available. Look at the joints in the 70s, man. They were thick. Yeah. Yeah, look how it's glowing red from the cherry in the front. 
granted, it's only six uh, percent THC, but you know, it's the seventies. Now I know it looks red, but the truth is, it's a Cuban cigar. It's so, not a carrot. <laughs> so the thing is, they don't want him to be a skip boat captain. Okay, so his actual literal life will be in danger. He'll be his life will be threatened, and he'll decide to still become the captain of a skip boat. Just because huh. it's not clear why. It's not clear why he's not afraid to die. Now, is her character name is Flipper? Flipper. <laughs> uh, yeah. Miranda. Well, she's a school teacher, and she's the girlfriend of Peter Fonda, and she will be throughout. Um, so he came back, and his girlfriend was there. That's not explained, but yes, it's not explained. He, he's back. But it's as if he's never left. You'll see it in his relationship with his father, with his grandfather. It's like he never left. Huh. And also, it's not even really well done. In the beginning, that Quaid guy is like, we thought we'd seen the last you. You know, right, right, right. we got a little backstory. Ooh, look at that. That's prime Fonda. <laughs> Shirtless Fonda. Nope. Who's your favorite Fonda, Henry, Jane, or uh, Peter? Um, Jane Fonda is my favorite Fonda. Uh, Henry Fonda is really good, it, but his but it's filtered through the light of I'm in the '50s movies. I have to be a it was his vaudeville, you know. Right. You don't get to see the real. Even in On Golden Pond, I was not believing because his character was like, "I'm grouchy. I'm grouchy. I'm grouchy. That's all." The whole thing, I'm grouchy. Even when he like fell in love with his grandson and they changed everything and went <laughs> the fish, he was still like, I'm being grouchy. Now, well, that, Mary, that movie seemed really odd. I uh, think that Peter Fonda's always walking through his stuff. Jane Fonda's got to be my favorite. Bridget. Dude, is that William Hickey? Yes. Look how young Fonda. William Hickey is. Will, he's the father in this, and he's resigned himself to the fact that he's going to live in this mosquito tent. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, Burgess Meredith is dropping the N-bomb right now. Why? His, his wife goes, we're having such and such. And he goes, I don't want any N-word food. <laughs> look, and he's mad at his son. He's mad at his son for staying in the tent. So we got grandfather, father, son here, and there's I mean, a little. Aren't they all the same fucking age? William Hickey's always ninety years old. Burgess Meredith is always ninety years old. That's right. It's a little hard to pull off the. Uh, does he look old enough, really, to be Peter Fonda's father? I guess so. It's just strange that we see actors that we know more for the later roles, and they're younger, right, you know, much aged. If this really is William Hickey from Fitzy's Honor, he has like a really yes. persona, as you know, he has that rough, gravelly voice. Right. But he's a lot more wrinkly than he was in 75. <laughs> he is a lot more wrinkly. People know him from uh, Christmas, uh, National Lampoon's uh, Christmas, Christmas vacation. vacation, which wasn't a vacation. That's why I always get. Yeah, you always get choked up. The Vegas vacation was a vacation. The, the vacation, yeah, they went on vacation. European vacation, they're on vacation. Okay, now look, Peter Fonda has come to visit uh, Nickel, Nickel Dance in prison, and basically he's telling him a story about how he killed a man once, you know? Who, Peter Fonda killed a man? No. Or Warren? 
Nick, yeah, Warren. Nick, Let's Nickelback. Let's call him Dance. Let's call him Dance. So it's strange because you, you remember the the dance halls where you would dance with a yep, girl. A nickel. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a nickel dance. So he's even cheaper than the. the he's, he's a throwback to an earlier time of here. Also, you know, uh, being fans of the Bush administration, every time I hear nickel, I think of No Child Left Behind. <laughs> A.K.A. Nickel. Gotcha. Nickelback. Yeah, I think of the band. <laughs> so basically what the director is doing is saying, hey, this is a person who could potentially commit murder. That's what he's letting us know. He's killed before. He's killed before. What's to say that for a good time? Your only party as you free. Your only, only pretty? 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 I guess they mean you're only as pretty as you feel, which is great oh, advice cool. if estrogen courses through your veins. <laughs> it has no place in the men's prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird choice, director. And it was probably in his novel. Listen, in 19, what, in 1970, this guy moved from his home of Montana to the Florida Keys. And he just had a party house, a party house. He was just a guy. He was a writer. He had been published before. He had a, um, he had made a book. Uh, he had written a script called Rancho Deluxe, which got him a lot of success. He was married to a woman who's is the sister of Jimmy Buffett. Now that that's as Florida as you can get, right there. Do you know Jimmy Buffett? This, you know, uh, back in Margaritaville. I I heard he had a close uh, during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Jimmy Buffet was shut, <laughs> but you could have take. Uh, you know, you could order on the curbside pickup. Curbside pickup, which is not as fun. Actually, Carl, one of my favorite buffet Chinese places in uh, San Francisco is called China Fun. It's been around since the '90s when I moved in here, and it's like a downtown place. You would go during lunch, and uh, you would. You would do the way it by the pound and then go upstairs. Right. Uh, I recommend the place. I went there recently. I was short like 50 cents. She, she spotted me. So God bless. <laughs> the way it's set up now is that it's not self-service. She has one table, one uh, steam tray with a shield. And it's uh, they moved it up by the cash register. And you have to say, I want the you know, beef and broccoli or what have you. If you know have the last 50 cents, you know come to buffet. It's it very was, different in Jersey. Very different in Jersey, yeah. In San Francisco, we don't do the stereotypes. But anyway, uh, they. <laughs> it was the second time I was short, by the way. Like a couple of years ago, I went in there and I, I was short and they spotted me. So I felt bad. The but, kind of joke like that with the racism stuff, it really would have appealed to our celebrity comedian who did the countdown. Oh, by the way, I, I should have said something when the movie started because all the energy of the show goes towards the, the celebrity comedian. <laughs> Terrific. Terrific guy. It was a guy? Yes, it was a guy, and he is someone to celebrate. That is why he's a celebrity. Now, this is like Thurston Howell the Third and Lovey, except if they would squabble and fight. And he looks recognizable. Yeah. Well, the truth is, it's really uh, gosh, it's it's in front of me. So I'll talk about it later. But the po point of the plot is, it's his first charter. This is a big deal. He's profiting off the fact that Dance is in prison and he's taking his charter. Um, so that's what's important for the plot that you know for this scene. Are these guys douchebags? 
Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, there's me. <laughs> oh, I've got a fish, eh? I live in a house. William Roderick, yeah, and he is born in Hoboken, New Jersey. But he's yeah. Roger Corman's, like, he was in Roger Corman's sci-fi thrillers. Yeah, he has a definite look. I could see him from Jersey. Look, he's from Hoboken, and now he's in the Florida Keys. God bless. God bless. Like, nope. sit down, lovey. You're not doing it right. Give me that pole, young man. You said this is a three-hour tour? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, sir. <laughs> That's exactly what Peter Fund is like. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He goes, I see the fish. I'll go get it for you, Mr. Mr. Howell. Mr. Howell? Yeah. Why don't you Jim back us up? Now, the director does something really good now. Peter Fonda goes into the thicket, into the wild, you know, to, to retrieve this uh, caught fish. Yeah. When he does, like the director takes us a long while. He has a little journey in there, you know, while the howls wait. What happens is he gets the fish and he kind of like admires it. Look at that spider web, that real life yeah, spider web he's got to keep in touch. Or the keys. He likes the fish and he lets it go. He doesn't give it back to Mr. Howell. You know, he he lets it go. It's really well done. It's very good. Look how it's like so deep in. It's taking forever. So Howell hooked the fish and then the fish swam off and got tangled up. And now Peter's going to go get him. Right. And it's like it's like Howell left the didn't hook the he didn't catch the line. He just let him run. Look, he's still even swimming away. Yeah. Hey, little fishy. Now, how long ago did we leave the Howells, right? I mean, Ooh, the uh, yeah. really got us on a journey here. And because there's well some time lapsing when he was walking through the, the Everglades. Yeah. Is it the Everglades? It wasn't. Yeah. Well, no, it's the Florida Keys. It's really not the Everglades at all. So, um, the, um, uh, forgot what I was gonna say. Slapping that fish, <laughs> literally. That, that, Look, that, yeah, that. he he likes it and he lets it go. Oh yeah, the time lapse part. He didn't time lapse as much as he like quickly faded to black and then faded up again, letting yeah. him think that the time has passed. But it it was a journey though. I mean, he was he was conveying a journey. So he's coming out to report. I'm so sorry, Mr. Hal. The fish got away, sir. But the howls are gone. That is trippy. Think the fish caught him? What the hell? Do 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 do. Burgess Meredith doing the voice of Rod Sterling for the movie. Do, Burgess do, do, do. Meredith. He's gonna play a, the grandfather, and he's like a lawyer in this town, and he owns this town. You see. <laughs> He was the voiceover for the Twilight Zone, the movie. He he was appeared in the segment, but he did the Rod Sterling voice. Perfect. Yeah. Not, not perfect like Rod Sterling, but he has perfect a the narrator. Right. Yeah. Now he was in King Lear. That's what we saw in our show, which is a piece yes. of shit movie. Ladies and gentlemen, do not see King Lear. You'll Ooh. see on the video box it'll say Woody Allen, Burgess Meredith, yeah. Molly Ringwald. Yeah, Norman Mailer. We're, of course, talking about John Luke Godard's yeah. canon production of King Lear, 
Which, you know, I saw that Canon film movie uh, documentary uh, to research going bananas, and they talk about how much, like, guitar just screwed those guys over. Yeah. They would go, uh, Golden Globus are these famous producers from the 80s and 90s, and they their stomping ground was Tom's Film Festival, where they would make and take deals. And one of the deals they got notoriously on a cocktail napkin was that John Luke Goddard, the famous... Uh, yeah, Bob. We'll make a film for them. <laughs> and uh, we watched it. It's on YouTube. It's called King Lear. It's a piece of shit. Yeah, don't see it. Well, you can see it as a cur- curiosity if you want, but I'm just saying don't get suckered for it because you see the stars that are in it. Okay, now, you know, look, he finally quits looking for the Howls. He comes back to the bar, and who's there? The Howls! Ha, ha, ha! Everyone's laughing at him. It's humiliating. Ha, ha, ha. But they just went, they walked back? No, what happened is Dance went out there with Carter's boat and picked uh, him up because it was his old charter. He says, come on, we're playing a joke on the kid. Why did you do an English accent? Because you're Ricky Javes. Here's a picture yeah. of my cat. Why did I do an English accent? Dumb. You're Ricky Javes. <laughs> I'm saying something cruel on you on Twitter as a joke. Are you <laughs> referring to our to the reunion show cut? You, so do you listen to that and he stick my stand up in there? Wasn't that yeah. like ass kissy? Like I was taking advantage, you know what I mean? No, no, no. You yes. it was I'll listen, that footage, that footage was lost to the ages. You brought it up in the live show and then uh you inserted it. By the way, I highly recommend our live show episode. Yeah, it's fun. It just aired uh the first of March, uh, the first uh March seventh, I should say. Yeah. And it was a live show on March 7, 2020 in this in the uh, station. And honestly, I think it was the last live show I did, Carl. Uh-huh. And this I'm was exactly to... one year because it was the date of the 7th because February skips two days or one day. <laughs> right, it was a day. But, so you know, because exactly uh, right. the World Health Organization declared the pandemic on March 11, 2020. Mm-hmm. And the show was on March 7th, four days before the official shutdown. Gotcha. So, and I got to fly home. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, did I do another set those four days? Yes, you did. Um, uh, I have recordings of you doing multiple sets. Okay, I just want to bring this back to the movie because a very yeah. important thing is about to happen. So he went in there. He got humiliated. It was his very first day as a skip captain. He's all upset, even though he's a terrible actor, so you see hardly any emotion. <laughs> oh, why did you have to go there? Okay. So he is going to fucking burn Dance's boat. Burn the skiff. Yeah. And Carter, Carter tried to talk him out of it, Harry Dean Stanton. Look, look cut his own gas. He cut Carter's gas. uh, No, he cut his own gas line. He's filling it with gas and he's just going to torch it. And would you want to grow up in the Keys where you were boats, you know, to burn a boat by cutting the gas line? Like, because you're so into it. I don't know. I think anybody could have figured that out, but okay. I'm a dumb-dumb. I wouldn't figure that out. I would have just burned it without it. Here's a movie complaint. You know I have it. The explosion is way too large. Way too large for just a little (laughs) Look at that. Holy shit. Right. You see how the director made the light flash on the bar? Very well done. I mean, other than being a... Now, what you're seeing burning there is Dance's livelihood. It's up in flame. 
92 in the shade. I thought this was an Al Gore movie, so I was kind of relieved. <laughs> we never get, yeah, the year of, they ran in 92, and it was one of his <laughs> uh, global warming thing. Yeah, right, global warming. 92, 92 I didn't think about that. Look here at these here Rocky Mountains. Can you see the snow disappearance over a decade? <laughs> this shit's for real, folks. An inconvenient sequel. That was my favorite uh, Apollo. So basically now it's like, I'm ruined. If I, had, if I don't have a pot to piss in, okay, I'll lend you my boat on the days I'm off. Of course, there'll be a small fee, you know. Right. Ooh, now it's like, are you going to kill that kid? You know, are you going to shoot him? Because he's right. always your livelihood. He is a murderer. The thing is, there was it was a justified murder and it was manslaughter because he didn't really understand that what he was doing was going to really lead to the guy's death. That's why he's not even in prison today. So he isn't really a murderer as much as he's capable of it. He's done it before. He beats some bad guy so senseless. So right now he's like, since I recently didn't shoot myself, I kind of taken a not liking to shooting anybody. So it's weird. Harry Dan Stanton, Car Carter's characters like egging him, like you're gonna take that from that boy, you know? And look at Hickley with a cigar. It's like he's seventy years old. Yeah, he he will be right. Right. Well, the th so anyway, the the director's point is, it's it's not ambiguous. It's undecided. Is he going to kill the kid or not? You know, I mean, it took a hell of a nerve to blow up a man's boat. Yeah, they played a joke on him. Yeah, they humiliated him. You got no place being a skip captain, haha. -ha. But still, to bur build a burn, they had all that dynamite in that boat. Did you see that large explosion? To blow up yeah. the guy's boat, it's, it's good. Not cool. Yeah, it's not cool. It was justified and not cool. To kill him isn't cool. I don't know. The director's doing a good, the writer's doing a good job here. He's a director, Carl. Yeah. But Why don't you acknowledge his director is? <laughs> oh my God, who the fuck is this guy? Is that this Burgess? Is Burgess Meredith. Basically, <laughs> we're finding out if you want, look, what do you want to do for a living? I want to be a skiff boat captain. How much did that cost you? $4,000. Okay, I'll stake you. You, I'll give you the money and you owe me. Oh, what a good dad. What a dad. So listen, when the director moved to Florida, to the Keys with his wife, Becky, who was Jimmy Buffett's sister, their house was a major drinking and partying place. Artists, writers, poets. They've listed some names here. I never heard of him. A famous photographer, and Jimmy Buffett would be there. So it was, was a party it? house. What uh, about Mickey Mouse from Florida, from Disney World? Did he party there? <laughs> well, they things in the fifties were hush hush. Even though the reporters knew, they just didn't report stuff yeah, they didn't like report. that. So it's not clear. It's not clear. Would you so want to party anyway, Like a lot of the internet feels that. I mean, he was so lucky to be given. Okay, this Rancho Deluxe he wrote was a big commercial hit. So that your English company, what was it, IC? ITC. They said, okay, this guy wrote a book. You know, he can direct it. He can write the script. We got a hit here. It was not a hit. It flopped. But the internet thinks he flittered it all away with his wild parties. 
he was very lucky to direct with no experience. Yeah. So, well, I mean, this, this movie is well, it's well shot. It's not like a piece of shit movie. So they must have used some professional uh, industry people in Florida to, to shoot it, right? I mean, and these are all real actors. Well, a guy named Michael Butler was the photographer. And yes, this had a serious ass budget. And you can see they hired their stars. You know. Yeah. Uh, basically, right now, what we're going to see is a frustration scene in which he resolves that he really should kill that boy just because he said so. He's smoking okay. fish, and he's going to get pissed off at the fact that he's making work for himself. I don't want to smoke these fish. Let me no, put it up. Let me put it up. All right. Can you? He's hear smoking in an old refrigerator. Yeah, I'm the old refrigerator. Let's play hide and seek in the old refrigerator. He's having, he's like, why am I doing this? I'm making work for myself. Now, is this an indica dominant fish he's smoking or is it sativa? Uh, this is an indica fish. <laughs> the now he's mad at himself because he's a stupid person. God, I love this guy. Yeah, he's a great actor, and he. Just a weird-looking dude. Right, those are the guys that, like, if I step on someone's foot walking down the street, I look up. It's fucking Warren Oates. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Why don't you watch where you go? <laughs> look, he's got his gun. Yeah. Now he's having a crisis in which it's like, I need to kill that kid because I said I would. But I'm not in the killing business. No right. So he's like, sometimes you you say something and you find yourself in a predicament and it's just too bad. So he's like, I'm going to have to kill him. <laughs> he claims he doesn't know if he has to kill him, but watch how he's like, yes, I have to kill him. Got that glint in his eye. So you see the wind blowing in the background. It's really well contained. Like you, it's the the acting is the center. It's not the, yeah. you know. But look how calm it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is nice to see you the can shape. see in the shadows. It's and when they're out on the ocean, it's calm. This show doesn't. This movie didn't suffer from its exteriors. Here, their exterior, it's calm. Yeah. There's a lot of exteriors too in this movie. I mean, it's it's twenty five percent bars and and uh, houses. So Peter Fonda says, "Listen, I know I just walked you all the way home, but you got to go home. It's not safe." And she goes, "I have my tubes tied." Ooh. Go right through this. And he goes, "No, it's not safe because that's Dance's car, and Dance is here. He might want to kill me." <laughs> is it because you blew your his boat up? Fire yeah. boat. So Margo is like, Margo would have been like, he wants to kill you? Okay, fuck that and walk home. But no, he's still like concerned. Margo Kidder has no cleavage, no cleavage. What she has is rib bone. Well, Carl, didn't she, she have like- sternum, she has a sternum. I, I don't know her history, but uh, maybe <laughs> it's not for us to say. What do you mean you don't know her history? Yes, she committed suicide. She was an old lady when she did it. She did Does it she in a peaceful it? way. What? She anorexic. 
No, no, I don't think she was anorexic. She was a, she had mental health issues in that she was bipolar. She didn't take medicine for it. She didn't understand that it was a real thing. She thought, oh, those psychiatrists, and she didn't do it. And then she (laughs) had a breakdown in which there was a stressful situation and she just flipped. She became homeless. It only lasted like four days, but it got a big press thing. Yeah, I remember. They attempted to rape her at one point. She, they, Yes, when the cops took her to the hospital, they her, she had had her caps, her teeth caps knocked out. Okay, oh, that's they, horrible. I didn't even know. I'll tell you the whole story, but basically, yeah. right now, dance is like threatening. He's 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 giving a threat. What he's saying, instead of killing him, is like, you are not to become a skip boat captain, and that is the order, or I will kill you. His rich daddy gave him four thousand dollars to be a skip. Granddaddy, granddaddy. Oh, Look granddaddy. At Look at the because it's important because the dad's a failure. The dad didn't make any money, and it really chapped Virgin. Whoa, 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 whoa. So William Hickey is his dad. It's yeah. his brother. Peter Fonda's the son of who? Of uh, Pritzi's honor. Pritzi's honor and Peter Fonda are the same fucking age. No, who is the son of Jer- Burgess Meredith? No, Jesus. Bur- Did you say Jesus? Jesus Meredith. Burgess. Burgess Meredith. From the monkeys. He was in an episode in the monkeys. The guy who was the penguin on Batman. He was the penguin. Yeah, I know. The who guy who was in he- Grumpy Old Men. Bacon! Bacon! Was he like Rocky? Right? Yeah. Wasn't he Rocky's manager? Trainer? No, no, that's. Wait. Yes, of murdered. course he was. Yes, of course he was. I don't know why I said no. Yes, of course. You were thinking. You were thinking of that other guy, the the teddy bear looking guy. There's a. He was the brother or something. Yeah. Step brother. Okay, so basically, you know, order receive, but Peter Fonda doesn't like take it. Listen, I got to tell you something. Peter Fonda, his acting is so flat in this thing. He just, you don't understand why he, he never talks about why he's driven and motivated. And he doesn't care that people are threatening him. And he doesn't even want to be a skip boat, skip boat captain. He's just doing it. I don't, I don't know how it, there's no motivation for his character. And I believe that if you read the novel, there would be. I think it's probably just, he is acting. Peter Fund is acting that you don't know where this character is coming from. So you think the acting is competent. It's just the characters are like, what? The acting is not competent. <laughs> it is incompetent. <laughs> look, he, the way he talks to Margot Kidder. Hey, look. I'm I'm muting that because there was no good scene right here. No, no, I I, I think. But like, you don't even know why Margot Kidder's in love with him. He's so flat and talky talky. You don't know why the dad wants to take care of him, and uh, you'll see. Okay, I'll just tell you about Margot. What really, really happened? Okay, she um in 1996. Right. Okay. In 88, they diagnosed her with bipolar, but she rejected it. She didn't take lithium like they offered her. She thought it was just all bullshit, you know, just keep a level head, you know. You're with me, Mike, right? Yeah, I am. Okay. 
April 1996, uh, she had been working on her autobiography. Now, Margot always made journals. She always wrote about her life, the whole her whole life. As a matter of fact, at one point, she had to burn her some of her journals, and she felt lost. She felt like some part of her body had been... Okay, well, anyway, she was working on an autobiography. She had all this material, and her laptop got a virus and fucking freaked out. No way. Right, and she lost three years of work on that laptop's hard drive. So she freaks, she flies to Los Angeles. Remember, it's 1996, okay? So she goes to this company and pays tens of thousand dollars for them to recover the information, but they aren't able to. And she's not exactly rich. So she was she flew to California from Montana they said no dice. He freaked out and just wandered the streets. He just wandered the streets for four days. They found her in Glendale. Like she was sleeping in the backyard of some re some person who lived in Glendale. He called the cops. She, she that There was a rape attempt against her at this time. But she finally accepted the diagnosis. Um, she was late. I'm reading. She would later openly speak about her treatment of the disorder via orthomolecular orthomolecular medicine. I don't know. She took her meds. She got normal. Yeah. Nicole, I have to apologize. I was sticking Mariel Hemingway. Doesn't she have an actor's sister, Mariel Hemingway? Uh, Margaret Hemingway? Oh, Margot Hemingway. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah. So that was the one. She's absolutely descendant from. Yeah. Her grandfather, I don't think it was even great grandfather, uh, was, uh, yeah, no, this is, this is Superman. This is Lois Lane. Yeah, right. Well, well, I like, she I like... married, she ended up marrying the director and moving to Montana and she was not happy. It did not work out. It was a divorce. And so therefore she, uh, when she took Superman in 1978, that's it. The the marriage was over. She became a big star. She went on to Amityville Horror. Um, okay, this is zero to sixty, lady. Uh, really? Oh, wait a minute. Um, not the girl. Not the girl who was in uh, Willy Wonka. This is. Right. She she was like the head of the taxi dispatch. Uh, the, oh yeah yeah yeah. Her name is uh, Sylvia Miles, and she's was a big deal out of Midnight Cowboy. She got Best Supporting Actress, or she was nominated, but she was the realtor in Wall Street, remember? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, a little trivia fact about Sylvia Miles. Her first initial and last name spells the word Smiles. Smi yeah, that's right. Smiles. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I, I read that on the internet. So... Okay, this is a very weird scene. He goes and he's like, I ordered the boat. They're making the boat. And Burgess Meredith is like, what are you talking about? And he goes, you said you would pay for my boat. You would, I could pay you back. He's, he goes, I saved you from going to jail. Isn't that enough for you? <laughs> That's some backstory. So now Burgess Meredith is like, I'm not paying for your boat. I don't remember ever saying that. He freaks out. So then Peter Fonda goes back. And with his perfect acting, he has no emotion. He says, I'm sorry, the deal is off. He is not paying <laughs> the boat. And then he goes, what are you talking about? Burgess Meredith was just here. He paid in advance. It's oh. all paid. So it's like, what? What's the, what's the joke of this? The Burgess is just fucking with him. Yeah. 
Listen, she was acting. I'm sorry, I do not have the money. No, I'm a big fan of Easy Rider, man. You gotta lay off him, fucking Peter. Okay, but he's Easy Captain Rider, America, and I'm Billy. I'm Billy, man, and he's Captain America. Listen, okay, look, you, you want to become a skiff boat captain, okay? You're all excited about it, and you're going to work hard to do it at this dumb job. And then your grandfather says, look, I'll just give you the money you pay me back. Now you're all excited and jazzed up. You even get, get to go down to the boat maker and say, here's the specifications. You know, you're all happy. Then you right. go and Burgess Meredith goes, I'm not staking you. Now your world is falling apart. Don't you see the emotional roller coaster of this guy? He's got to go to his face and go, I'm sorry. I, I can't get the boat. I can't afford it now. Peter Fonda takes us on no journey. Every time he goes, that's great that you will help me with the boat. <laughs> I am so... Don't you remember you said you would buy, you will not buy my boat? I am so sorry. I cannot pay for the boat. But he just paid for it in full. He did? No, he goes, he did. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> I will now be a skip boat captain. So don't you remember we watched uh, Cannibal Run and Peter Fonda's in it? It was terrible. Peter Fonda did nothing in Cannibal Run. He had. He said, remember when I was in Easy Rider and then yeah. had a fight? I remember you were Captain America and I was Billy. Billy Batson. That's uh, Dustin Hoffman's line in the beginning of the film. Yeah, man, he's Captain America and I'm like Billy and we're going around America. Now I get it. That's a great yeah. reference. I forgot. I, I, I thought I remembered that film. Maybe I should see it again. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I, the third time I did it, I said I should acknowledge what it is because I don't think it's... <laughs> I think it's a really good reference. <laughs> it's horrible the way that film ended. They're just like, oh, there's an explosion and an accident, yeah. and it's over. Well, oh, that's that's movies of the time. Listen, Peter Fonda and Dennis Hopper were fucking drug dealers. They had a bunch of cocaine in their motorcycles. They deserved to die. That's all. Okay. I mean, what blows it was up? Crank. It was crank, by the way. It was meth. It was meth? Oh. It was biker meth, yeah. So that's the thing, though. When they when their uh, motorcycles blow up at the end, I go, no, all that meth. <laughs> <laughs> Poor precious meth. Right. It's right in the gas tank. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the first to go. I mean, they're not good people. They're fucking meth dealers. So this director, right, he's married to Jimmy Buffett's sister, and yes. he's having sex with Elizabeth Ashley, the co-star, and it's right. consensual, and they're having a three-way, and then Margot Kidder comes along, and she yes. divorces, it, it, well, I mean, they have an affair. Basically, he's he's having the love triangle at home, and then Margot Kidder on the side. And then Margot Kidder was like, listen, if you like this, you, it has to be exclusive. And so by the end of this movie, he doesn't divorce that second, but by the end of this movie, it's over. This is a great scene. Do you have volume on your side? Yeah, I do. Let me see if I can crank this baby up. Now you're out of it, what do you think you're going to do? Okay. Caddy. He, listen to this. He's going to be a caddy. going to wake up in a hanky at night. It's such a weird turn for this film. 
And the thing Our is, it's so like East Coast to be that sarcastic. You know what I mean? Right. It really doesn't feel like these two are from Florida. Carl, as someone who lives on the East Coast, do you consider Florida as part of the East Coast? No. I mean, this in a is... literal sense, yes. But when you go down there, the Northeast from Boston down to Washington yeah. has one flavor that feels like it's the East to me. And But when you go to Florida, you have a lot of the South in Florida, but not really. It's a lot of transplants. You know what I mean? It's like a vacation kind of place. It's a, it is the East Coast in a literal sense, but now you're like sunbathing and beaching and it's different. Well, I mean, yeah, all my, all my Jewish relatives are down there, but I heard it in Arizona, I have to say, but I feel like uh, it's the South, right? I mean, it's, it's closer okay, to the South. Georgia is the South and Georgia is the border state to Florida. Of course, Florida is the South, especially if you're off the beaten path, if you're in the Everglades, if you're in yeah. the center of the island, like a Venus, Florida or something, where it's nobody who's a tourist, people have lived there their whole lives. Yes, there's civil war stuff down there. It is absolutely the South. But when you go to Florida and you get out of the airport in Tampa, you're on the West Coast and you're at a, a party time. Yeah. You go down to Miami and now you're in like, there's a Cuban thing happening. Right. It's different than, it's not the real South when you are in little Cuba, you know? Good point, I didn't think of it that way. It is in the That's heart of it. Our... What's it? In the heart of it, in the center of the island, up and down, it feels like a Louisiana. And I've done some time in there for work, you know, these places they, they hire, they buy the software, you got to go there, you're in the middle of the Florida. Nobody around has any, is any, you know, a tourist, nobody around has any teeth. You go into the general store and it's all wooden. No, yeah. it's, it's the South down there. Wooden floor, you're creaking across. You want to get a Slim Jim in the general <laughs> store with oats and barley sacks. <laughs> It's like a cracker barrel. Look, Peter Fonda smiled. Did you catch it? Yeah, well, that was the outtake. The director put it in. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, actually, Can we redo that? I cracked what? the motion. Too late. Okay, so this is, I get it. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That wasn't my best take. I, I smiled. Can we redo? <laughs> Can we... This is what dance has come down to. This is his piece of shit as he waits on the insurance money. Right? Yeah. Like part of being a skiff boat captain is when they go out, you they you have a cooler, they'll give you lunch, it's all clean, the boat and fresh and new. You've got good hooks and uh that thing that restrains the pole. He's just got a boat. It might as well be a rowboat for what his what his profession is. The skiff boat captain is is just for the tourist trade, or like do they actually fish for money? It's just for the tourist trade. They do not like game fish for money, go get a bunch of tuna and sell it. They get clients who say, I would like to go out fishing for the day. I'll give you six hours for 250 bucks. <laughs> say, good man, we're here on vacation. It's not always, okay. I gotta tell you, zero to 60 guy has like an affair with, they're like old lovers. Right. 
and he's not cheating on any he is uh, i know i don't think he's married i think the wife died the wife died now there's this very funny scene here where he's like can you do you remember the the commercials and the woman would be singing opera and the glass would shatter uh-huh yeah is that from maxwell cassettes yes maybe i think yes they would play a recording back of it yeah so here he's like can you still break a glass darling <laughs> i'm gonna turn on this <laughs> you turn on this down you turn on the sound oh god i don't know all right hang on <laughs> that's it that's it it's so weird how like sometimes this movie tries to be funny and it works but you're so in the drama of things you're not ready so you're like what the fuck did they just do they're just they're just town folk i mean it's just showing it as it is harry dean wearing a suit yeah and i don't know why he's got some sort of realtor. i don't i don't know why red blazer realtor <laughs> Hello, welcome to Chevron. My name is Harry Dean Stan. Oh, okay. All the director's doing here is reinforcing, like, you better not be a skip boat captain, because, look, Dance doesn't want to shoot you. He even wants to be your friend. But if you do that, then you've broken his word, what he said, and he's oh, going to have to kill you. Listen, now, Dance is going to have to kill you. Am I right, Dance? Yeah. <laughs> <Got some other laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, you're right, though. That's exactly right. So now, it's so weird, Mike. These are enemies. Look at them. Look at them. They're buddy-buddy friends. Like, you think it's because Dan's supposed to be a mean drunk or something? Tolerate him like that. I, I, I don't know, man. By the way, this guy's name in the film is Myron. We keep bumping into him. He provides some comedic stuff. He was in The Sting. He was huh. in Conquest of Paradise, 1492. You know, the... Uh, yeah, one Columbus of the one. Christopher Columbus movies. He went away. His last thing was 1999, and he he adds a little comedic value to this movie, but he's not. He's a character actor, and he does his job. Yeah. Yeah, they really have a good cast in this movie. Yeah. Basically, no. what's happening is now is like, how can we, how are we treating this dance character? I mean, he's an ex-convict. He was just hooked. My part, you know, the guy at the uh quaid he just hooked and cut us you know on his kidney i mean this guy he's a, saying he's gonna shoot somebody if they become a skip boat captain and harry dean stanton is like this guy's fine we don't have any policy with him you understand you treat him you service him we're not saying any you know he is not person non grata it's basically he is not person non grata he is not he's basically the director saying Hey, Henry D Dean Stanton's a true friend. So <laughs> because he is all those things. Yeah. Okay. Are they gonna be is there gonna be high drama in the keys? Like are they gonna go in the middle of the water and then they're gonna Okay. So that's what should be happening, but but that is not what's about to happen. As a matter of fact, the two of them are right now gonna leisurely go out to this island where it's all secluded and he's going to show him like it has interesting wildlife and 
you find like you could find a treasure chest in here it's like they're friends <clears throat> it doesn't that's make what, any sense that's what mean drunks do right like they they will fucking beat the shit out of you but not before taking to a baseball game i guess yes like you go with it like if you Fuck you, I'm gonna kill you. The next morning goes, look, I got an extra ticket to the Yankees. <laughs> but if you wanna go, I got room in my you bring the beer now. You bring the beer. Is there a catch? No catch, but I need you to put this meth in your gas tank when you drive over. <laughs> anyway, we see a long scene now in which they basically go out and have fun and then he gets a serious talking to like you know if you do this i'm going to kill you and then he goes but hey let's not let it ruin our day and they're back to that <laughs> serious all right let me tell you this margo okay this director is from montana that's what his life is and margo went there and they have a whole rocky marriage they had a child but but basically somehow margo decided you know in the end now she was a Montana person. That's it. She she was a Canadian. She went to Hollywood. She did some time in Florida, but now she's a Montana person. Um, Margot lived at the foot of Canyon Mountain right outside of Livingston. The mountain was filled with wolves. Margot loved the wolves. Like a lot of people think, considered them nuisances and scary, you know, howling. She didn't. She would leave steaks out, like meat out. And the wolves would come down and she would watch them from the window eat eat the meat. And she used to tell her close, you know, she was suicidal. She first tried to commit suicide at the age of 14. This is nothing new for her, you know. She would tell Boy. her closest friends, if they stop by her place and found her dead, tell no one and put her naked body on a beach shed, drag it up 